What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. All right, then the king, he gets lonely because he doesn't have a wife now. He gets lonely without a wife, so... So the king's servants, they see that, and they said, Oh, king, in chapter 2, verse 2, 2, 2, let there be fair young virgins sought for the kings. In other words, we have to find a replacement for Queen Vashti. So the officers from the king, they spread out from Ethiopia. No, no, we go that way. From India to Ethiopia. And so, and it says in verse 3, in verse 3, they may gather together all the fair young virgins unto Shushan, the palace, to the house of the women, unto the custody of Hagi, the king's chamberlain, keeper of the women, and let their things for purification be given them. Can you imagine this? I mean, this just had to take a couple years. I mean, just the land, the territory is spanned from India to Ethiopia. I mean, just imagine all the most beautiful women coming now into Persia, and the most beautiful women of Ethiopia coming into the palace of Persia. And Ethiopia has very beautiful women. I know, and because I've been there, and Moses agrees because he married one of them. And the most beautiful women of Yemen came there as well, and the most beautiful women of India. So they all come into the palace there, and the goal was, verse 4, Esther 2.4, 2.4, the maiden which pleaseth the king be queen instead of Vashti. And so we can imagine the king you know, every day looking out the window and seeing, oh, yeah, whoa, what's coming now? You know, most beautiful women being brought into his palace. Now, all this gathering is going on of the most beautiful women in the world. And then we read in verse 5, Esther 2 5, Esther 2 5. Now, in Shushan, the palace, there was a certain Jew. Uh oh. Whenever it says that in the Bible, something's going to happen. There was a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai, the son of Jair, the son of Shimei, the son of Kish, a Benjamite. Mordecai had been carried away with the Jews from Jerusalem. He was part of the Babylonian captivity. He was carried away. And Mordecai saw that his uncle's daughter, whose name was Hadassah or Esther, that she was an orphan, that she didn't have a mother, she didn't have a father. And so Mordecai took this little girl, Esther, 
into his home and she became his daughter, like his daughter. And it says in verse seven, it says in verse seven, verse seven, the maid was fair and beautiful. Fair and beautiful. There's three Hebrew words that are used there and two of the words emphasize the same thing. Two Hebrew words there emphasize her figure or her shape was beautiful. You know, that means all the bulges were in the right places. So in addition to all the exotic women there from far away, it says in verse eight, Esther was brought also into the king's house. And when Haggai, the keeper of the woman, she saw, I mean, he saw Esther, he was just so impressed with her. It says in verse nine, in verse nine, the maiden pleased him. She obtained kindness of him. He speedily gave her her things for purification with such things as belonged to her, seven maidens which were meet to be given her out of the king's house, and he preferred her and her maids unto the best place of the house of the women. There was just something different about her. There was something different about Esther, and hey, I saw it there, and Esther was, yes, she was outwardly beautiful, but so were all the other women that came in. But Esther had this overwhelming charm about her. She had this rare humility, a rare humility, and it made her preferred. Esther can be described in Proverbs 31.29. Proverbs 31.29, where it says, many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. And Esther, Esther had what all the other women didn't have. Esther feared the Lord. She feared God. And that made her excel in beauty over all the other beautiful women there. It was like, oh, what a beauty. She fears God. But Esther kept this deep concealment. She kept a sitar, she kept a, a secret, a very deep secret, because Mordecai told her to, and that's in verse 10. Verse 10, Esther had not showed her people, nor her kindred, for Mordecai had charged her that she should not show it. Esther kept it a secret, she was a Jew. Nobody knew that, she was a Jew. Nobody knew that. And like all the women, she went through the 12 months of treatments in soaking in perfumed oils to make them smell good. Yeah. And every night, a new woman went in to be with the king, and then that woman left in the morning till finally Esther's turn came. And when Esther went into the king, the king was just so overwhelmed with Esther that he fell in love with her. Instantly, he fell in love with her, and he called a halt to the whole process there. Doesn't matter how much preparation is going in. He announced to everybody, I found my new queen. And that's in verse 17, 217, 217. The king loved Esther above all the women. She obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins, so that he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Now that's how Esther, a secret Jew, became the queen of Persia. I mean, uh, I wonder who caused her to be so beautiful. I wonder who caused the king to fall in love with her. God did, but don't tell anybody, because that's a secret. That's a secret, because God's name is not mentioned in this book. So meanwhile, during all this, there was this plot of two of the king's men, and they had plotted to assassinate the king. And Mordecai found out about it, and he told Esther to tell the king. 
And those two men were, they had a special counsel, you know, I don't know what they did. And they found out that it was true that they had an assassination plan and then they hanged them. And they recorded everything in the chronicles, the daily chronicles of what happened in the palace, Shushan. I wonder who caused Mordecai to hear that. I wonder who caused Mordecai to find out about that assassination plan. God did, but don't tell anyone, because that's part of the concealment in the book. Now that's the end of chapter two. Then a mysterious person emerges, very mysterious. All of a sudden, this person who the king promotes above all the princes, and this mysterious person's name is Haman. Right. But Mordecai and the king commanded that everybody had to bow before Haman. That's right. But Mordecai refused to bow before Haman. And Haman found out that Mordecai refused to bow down, and he found out that Mordecai was a Jew. And that's in verse 5, Esther 3, 5, 3, 5. When Haman saw that Mordecai bowed not, nor did him reverence, then was Haman full of wrath, and he thought scorn to lay hands on Mordecai alone, for they had showed him the people of Mordecai. Wherefore Haman sought to destroy all the Jews that were throughout all the whole kingdom of Ahasuerus, even the people of Mordecai. So this is again where Haman used Pur, and I'm not quite sure what Pur was, but we know what dice are, to determine the day, the month, and the day for this planned mass extermination of all the Jews. So then Haman, he goes in and he tells the king, he tells the king that there's some people here in your land, you know, they don't keep your laws, they're, they're just not good to have, they really need to be destroyed, we need to exterminate them. And so if you give me 10,000 pieces of silver, then I'll use the money and I'll organize the final solution to these people here, the extermination, and it's gonna happen on the 13th day of Adar. That's when it's gonna happen there. So they, they set out the decree and the couriers, they went from India to Ethiopia, and so all was prepared to kill all the Jews on the 13th day of Adar. And that brings us to the end of chapter three. Now, Mordecai is just devastated and he changes his clothes to sackcloth and ashes, and he cries with a loud and bitter cry. And Esther, she didn't know why. She didn't know what was going on. She didn't understand what happened. She didn't know why Mordecai was out there so devastated because the extermination plans happened so fast, she didn't even know about them. But Mordecai sent a copy of the extermination plan to Esther to kill all the Jews. And then Mordecai commanded Esther to approach the king to beg to save the lives of the Jews. But Esther told Mordecai that if anyone came to the king without being called, they would be put to death unless the king held out his scepter, unless he held out his scepter to them. And she hadn't been called for 30 days. So Mordecai responded with the great response in chapter 413, chapter 413, when he said to Esther, Mordecai, Mordecai commanded to Esther, Think not, and he knew how she thought because he raised her as a daughter. Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place, but thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. 
And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And those were the words that convinced Esther that she was willing then to risk her life, put it all on the line, die if she would, had to, but she was willing to, to go to the king to save the Jews. It was those words, don't think, Esther, you're going to escape if you hold your peace. Don't think you are the only show in town either because God will save the Jews from someone else. And this is your time, Esther. You were brought into the kingdom for this time. That was it. So a golden moment. And if she failed, God would deliver the Jews. How did Mor- Why was Mordecai so convinced that God would deliver the Jews? Because Mordecai knew that the Messiah, the promised Messiah was going to come through the Jews and the Messiah can't come through dead corpses. And so he knew that God was going to do that. And the only question is, would Esther rise up to the occasion? And the great thing is that Esther triumphed over her own fears, her fear of death, and she resolved she was going to go in and beg to have the lives of the Jews saved. And if she was killed, she was killed. And she was willing to make that ultimate sacrifice in an effort to save the Jews. Her name is Esther. Her Hebrew name is Hadassah. When Israel, before it was a state, was fighting and they had a secret organizations and the woman's organization, which was the group that fought in the underground, was called Hadassah after Esther because of the resolve that she made. So Esther said, I'll do it, I'll do it, but only with prayer. She said, only with prayer. And this is where she said in Esther 4.16, Esther 4.16, she, she called for serious prayer. Go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, Fast ye for me, neither eat nor drink three days, night and day. I also and my manes will fast likewise. So will I go into the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. I'll do it, but not without prayer. So that's the end of chapter four. And now at the risk of her own life, Esther approaches the king. The king holds out the scepter to Esther so she's not killed. And then the king asked Esther, what is it that you want? What is it that you want? And the king makes an unbelievable promise to her. He says, I'll give it to you to the half of the kingdom. You can have half the kingdom, Esther. I wonder who caused the king to hold out the scepter so that Esther would not be killed. God did. It's a secret. Don't tell anyone. So Esther's only request was that the king and Haman, all right, come to a special banquet that she would arrange that night. And the king and Haman, whoa, uh, come to the banquet that night, and the king again renews his promise to her and says, Esther, I told you once, I'm telling you again, what is your request? You can have it up to half of the kingdom. And just think how tempting that was for Esther. You know, half the kingdom? Ooh, not bad distracting her from her to forget her purpose, half the kingdom, but not Esther. She had one goal, and that was to save the Jewish people, and she just pushed aside that distraction as just a distracting temptation, just like the Lord Jesus did, just like the Lord Jesus did when he was in the wilderness and he was tempted by the devil. And it says in Matthew 4.8, Matthew 4.8, again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth them all the kingdom of the world and the glory of them, and say unto them, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. But just like Esther, 
the Lord Jesus pushed it aside, and the Lord Jesus said in Matthew 4.10, Matthew 4.10, then saith Jesus unto them, get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. He just brushed it aside, just like Esther did. And so Esther requested that the king, and her request was that the king and Haman come to the next night to another banquet that she was going to prepare. And so Haman, he's thrilled. He's absolutely thrilled that he's been so honored to be invited twice by the queen, he and the king and the queen. And so Haman, he goes home and he calls together his wife, he calls together his friends that are near to him, and he tells them about all the glory of his wealth and his children and how the king had promoted him, and he said that that all it didn't count as long as Mordecai lives. He was miserable. He was miserable. So his wife and his friends told Haman that he would only feel good if he made a gallows 150 feet high. And those would be the gallows that Mordecai, he was to hang Mordecai on. You know how tall that is? That's half the height of the Coronado Bridge. And it was all to be built in one day. We need those construction people here. That's amazing. They built it all in one day. It was a very fast construction. And that brings us to the end of chapter 5. Well, what a night this night was. Chapter 6 is the night, the night after the second banquet. And what a night that was. The king left Esther's first banquet, first banquet, and he went to bed, but he couldn't sleep. The king couldn't sleep. wonder what caused him not to sleep that night. I wonder. God did, but don't tell anyone. So what did the king do when he couldn't sleep? He called for the most boring thing to be read to him so that he could fall asleep, which were the chronicles of the palace, the daily chronicles of the palace of what happened. The king says, this will do it. Just what the doctor ordered, I should be asleep in no time. Not yet. And so they start to read, and they start to read in the chronicles with the history the history there. And where do they start to read? About the history of the attempted assassination plot on the king. And that really woke the king up. And then it was all about how Mordecai had told Esther, who told the palace police, and that's how the king was saved. So then the king really woke up and he listened to that. I wonder who caused the readers to start reading at that place in the Chronicles so the king couldn't go to sleep. God did, but don't tell anyone. Now, so the king jumps up and he says in Esther 6.3, Esther 6.3, the king said, what honor and dignity hath been done to Mordecai for this? Then the king's servants that ministered unto him said, there's nothing done for him. Now that really bothered the king. And he wondered what kind of honor, what kind of glory could be given to Mordecai for saving the king's life. And just at that moment, Haman approaches the king and he's coming there to ask if he could just before the extermination of Jews, if he could just go ahead and kill Mordecai right away. (laughs) And before he could ask permission to kill Mordecai, the king asked, Haman, 
what would he do to the man that the king wanted to honor? Well, Haman, he figured that the king was asking how the king could honor Haman. So Haman smiled and really poured it on. And it said, this is verse seven, chapter six, verse seven, six, seven. Haman answered the king, for the man whom the king delighted to honor, let the royal apparel be brought, which the king uses to wear. And you can see Haman at this time saying to one of the servants, you gotta write all this stuff down, make sure you got it all here. Royal apparel, you got royal apparel. Be brought, which the king uses to wear, and the horse that the king rideth upon. You got that? The horse, the king, not any horse. The king, the, the horse the king rides on, okay. And the crown royal set upon his head. You make sure that's there too. The crown royal, you got it? Okay. And let this apparel and a horse be delivered to the hand of one of the king's most noble princes. Make sure it's a noble prince. And that they may array the man with all whom the king delighted to honor and bring him on horseback through the street of the city and proclaim before him. And he says, now get these words down. This is what the, he's got to proclaim, got it? Thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delighteth to honor. And the king says, great idea. And he says, go do it to Mordecai. Oh, Haman. He's now the noble man that's forced to dress Mordecai in the king's clothes, put Mordecai on the king's horse, go in front of Mordecai and yell, this is what's done to the man who the king delights to honor. I wonder who caused Haman to come to that king just at that time when the king wanted to honor Mordecai. I wonder who caused Haman to do that. God did, but don't tell anybody. So Haman, he covers his head, he goes home miserable, he tells his wife and his friends, and just as he's going through this terrible story of what happened, the king's servants come to Haman to bring him into Esther's second banquet. That's the end of chapter six. Now, at the second banquet, Again, the king asks Esther, what's your request? And again, he renews the promise. You can have what, uh, up to the half of the kingdom. What is it? And then Esther steps forth in a move of market bravery, courage, and she begs for her life. And she begs for the life of her people as she reveals that she's a Jew and how all the Jews, including her, are gonna be killed. And the king asks, who's this person? Who is this person that wants to kill Esther and her people? And then the queen makes this firm declaration in chapter seven, verse six, chapter seven, verse six. Esther said, the adversary and the enemy is this wicked Haman. Yeah, and the king's infuriated and he's beside himself and he doesn't know what to do, and it's just too much to process at one time. So he leaves the room and he goes out into his garden to think about it. Meanwhile, Haman and Esther are, are, are there, and, and, and Haman is so afraid that he falls on the bed where Esther was lounging to, and, and, and to beg for his life. 
And just at that moment, the king returns and sees Haman on the bed next to Esther. And the king thought to himself, he's trying to rape Esther right in front of me. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org.